T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Report. The CV report. Give us one word to describe what you're going through right now. Sucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's just a Nissan Frontier, but in my mind, <laughs> this thing's an M1 Abrams tank. Honey, take the wheel. I'm going to stick my head out of the sunroof. Look, any self respecting veteran should grow a beard and have a belly. That's the dumbest thing I've heard all day. Like, if we're going to start getting angry now, it's it's a little late is live in D.C. with the update on all of this. Good morning. Maybe. I guess not. The C.V. Report. Welcome to the Connecting Vets Report. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now, normally these are magazine-style shows. And by that, I mean it's a bunch of little topics all kind of stitched together to make one podcast. This one, we're going to run two different interviews about one topic that seems to be the talk of the office in the veteran community today. As is the norm in America, the day after the Super Bowl becomes a day to talk about the game itself. And along with the game, we critique the halftime show and we critique the commercials. Once conversation died down about Maroon 5, a questionable performance, and Adam Levine's nipples, which I personally didn't find offensive at all. Although I wish they really would have just stuck to like the heavy metal style ending because the rest of it was kind of weird. But the conversation of ads came up and specifically Google's first commercial for Super Bowl 2019. It was focused on their translate technology. And the second spot of the evening was about job searches for veterans, a part of the company's Grow With Google initiative. Veterans and other U.S. service members can quickly find jobs by entering their military occupational specialty codes. Affectionately known in the military as MOS. Or if you're in the Navy like I was, also known as your rate. Grow with Google is aimed at teaching digital skills in America and surfacing job opportunities in light of increasing automation. Launched in 2017, Google committed $1 billion to the initiative, which involves partnering with local libraries to host workshops for job seekers and those running small businesses. Last year, Google introduced an easy way for vets to find relevant civilian jobs that require similar skills to the ones they used in the military. But is translating their job code into a civilian equivalent really the best thing to do for veterans? The Twittersphere was hot with a lot of different comments. Comments like this one from Sarah at Lady Parabellum. She writes, unless you're asking what we think of 92 Alphas, in which case I say, oh, hell no. Don't join the army to work in a warehouse. (laughs) So clearly she won't be finding her dream job with that MOS. Geo Frankenphone at Dervish113 writes, Yeah, my civilian equivalent should have landed me a job making 90K. Was told I don't have enough experience. Oh, but they were grateful for my service. At Alex Horton, Texas writes, Just takes a sappy voiceover with piano chords and military headshots to cover up mediocre execution. 
And one of my favorite tweets, because of its brevity, at uh, Kelly writes, infantry equals truck driver. Medic equals truck driver. Public affairs officer equals truck driver. <laughs> Point taken. And believe me, I know plenty of people in the infantry and in the enlisted ranks. I don't want anywhere near a truck. The job listings that you get back when you use this Google Translator don't often seem specifically tailored to the person looking for the job. At Braden Wells Ones writes, I Googled 35 Mike and got a bunch of jobs I don't qualify for. And this is where it gets kind of real. He writes, I'm fighting depression and self-worth issues while looking for work. But Google at least gets to look like it's helping and everybody gets warm and fuzzies about veterans. And that's the unintended consequence here. And oftentimes the unintended consequence of when you delve into the veteran pool. One person I know I can count on to shoot straight with me in this corporate veteran workspace area is the guy who founded ScoutComs. Hi, Fred Wellman, CEO and founder of ScoutComs Incorporated. And before he created this dynamic marketing PR agency that helps companies like Home Depot actually find the type of veterans that they need, what gives Fred great insight into the mind of a veteran, he did four combat tours in Iraq. He's a West Point grad. As a former Army officer, he was the spokesperson and the public affairs officer for generals like David Petraeus and Martin Dempsey. So I asked Fred what exactly he thought the Google commercial did right and how it may have fell short. Well, yeah, it's one of those classic, you know, both sides kind of things, right? I, I truly applaud Google. It was a great commercial as far as the idea of, of, of defining veterans and military service members by the, that, that MOS code, that code you served with, and, and, and bringing that concept to the larger civilian audience. But by the same token, like a lot of things, it, it lacked nuance, right? The, the Google tool's been out for a while, and, and many of us have felt that it's, while good-natured and a move that's excellent for, in a lot of ways, it also lacks the nuance to understand what today's veterans are doing, <clears throat> what a transition service member is looking for, and what our service to the country actually gives us as far as skills and possible jobs. So it's, it's sort of a thank you for the uh, thank you for your service kind of thing that we appreciate, but in a larger picture, may not be as helpful as people think it is. Fred went on to explain how one of the problems of this function of Google is it's just plain simplicity. So a very simple tool that says, hey, here's a job in your area, doesn't really define who a lot of veterans are. Throw in that, let's be honest, right? Not everybody who goes in the Army does the job they want, right? I mean, right, my son right. was an MP. He never wants to be a cop again, right? You know, you get what you get. The, the first time my son went to the recruiter, they offered him a, a artillery, you know, direction, digital coordinator, which was a fancy term for driving the Humvee for the artillery officer, right? That was not his dream job. And the idea that he would use that MOS code that he served for four years under as a, his next job by the Army kind of misses the point, right? We serve for a lot of reasons, and, and an, an MOS straight translation to the next job really misses what most veterans are looking for when they leave the military. So that begs the question now, what could Google have done to get this right? The fact is that many companies aren't trying, right? So to sit back and say Google failed or screwed up, I'm, I'm really loath to do that. I truly do appreciate that a major corporation is putting effort and money into helping us. That, that I never look a gift horse in the mouth, especially this day and age as corporations face other challenges with other issues from the Me Too movement to our very difficult racial relations issues we face as a country. So anytime a corporation at this point is willing to put money down and put effort and employee time into a tool for us, I appreciate it. So, Bottom line up front, I don't fault Google in any way. 
However, I do tell most of my corporate clients there's a nuance that you have to be aware of in the veterans community today. You know, from everything from the simplest thing. So that tool will spit out the local jobs in my area, for example, based on my location, right? Well, that's great. But we also know from historical data that only one-third of transitioning service members even remain generally in the area where they transition from. Most go home. One-third go to their home of record, and another one-third will go maybe where a job is. So you're actually not even – so the majority of guys who are getting out of the military at Fort Bragg aren't staying at Fort Bragg. They're going back to Virginia, like my son did, for example. That's one piece. Another piece of the fact is, again, with less than three, you know, 3.8% unemployment among veterans and military service members, there's a lot of great jobs available for us. <laughs> In many ways, companies that want to hire veterans today are actually struggling to fill their numbers because they've promised so many jobs, they've dedicated so much effort to hiring veterans that believe it or not, there's not enough, <laughs> which seems crazy, but that's where we are, right? When you're talking about less than 4% unemployment, you're competing for military service members and transitioning veterans and their unique skill sets. And then finally, let's remember also, there's nothing in there about schools. Because here's the thing, many, many veterans today, most, uh, almost half of transition service members are taking advantage of the incredible GI Bill that we've been offered as post 9-11 veterans. And they're going to school. Uh, again, my, my, I always joke, I have a focus group of one, my son, who was an E4 in the Army, and now he's going to college to get his degree in business. Not military police, not security guard. <laughs> you know. Right. So in the end, while I'm a well-meaning tool, and I applaud any corporation that's willing to stand up for us and help us, I also tell my clients, understand the nuance of the audience you're speaking to. Because in the end, the problem is, well, you do a good thing, and, and you're, you, you saw the Twitter comments, Phil. It actually was pretty much split, wasn't it? A lot of veterans were like, no thanks, bro. <laughs> and so that's the challenge I tell my clients is you do have to understand your audience that, you know what, they may not actually appreciate it, and you may not actually be helping them. So considering Fred Wellman advises corporations like Home Depot, BP, and General Electric on how to recruit veterans and do it the right way, what advice does he have for the veteran looking for a job? I always recommend young enlisted members especially Get your education. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I am now, I'm, uh, mind you, I'm biased because Student Veterans of America is my, one of my biggest clients. <laughs> I'll say it again, though. If you're just coming out of the military, you've got the most generous opportunity to get an education that our country has offered us since World War II. And if you fail to take advantage of that for a host of good reasons, I do hear good reasons. Hey, I got a family. I got kids. I get that. But when you come out of the military in your 20s, say, and you've got literally free college waiting for you to include housing, <laughs> you know, you really should go for it. And then look at other jobs. My son, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to CarMax. My son's going to college full time and CarMax hired him because CarMax has a great military hiring program. They're a part of hiring our heroes with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, one of our former clients. And they hired him. To do, so he's basically working full time while going to college full time on the GI Bill, like many student veterans do. So my first advice for every young transition service member is look at your education, because there's, if you're being offered a great opportunity, now maybe it doesn't mean four-year college. Maybe it's a certificate. Maybe it's a professional degree. Maybe it's a technical trade. But do look at that. I, I, I always tell people, don't judge your life by that code. The MOS code is great. But that's not all you are. And then for the other clients, you know, what, what is the education opportunity? Where do you find education the best school to go to? Is it a for-profit school or is it a public school? Um, those are questions that you need to ask. And, and that's the nuance. And then I guess finally, too, is always judge yourself by more than just your job. Look at very carefully. I, I'm a perfect example. Yep, on paper, I'm a PAO. But I also did some other stuff. <laughs> you know, the, the first time I got out of the Army, you know, it, so there's, there's, that's just part of it. But I was also a staff officer. I was also a spokesman. I, you know, I did other things, you know. And so I think it's, 
don't go by a code. We're all much more than that. That sounds great, Fred, and I really appreciate you expanding on that because that really is where I was going with this. And you'd even mentioned the trades, and I think in there sometimes is a calling, uh, especially with trade work. You find, you, you find something that pleases your soul. You're good with your hands. You like to build yes. things. You might not have ever been allowed or even given the opportunity in the military to use that skill set, but as you come out, yeah, if you could get technically trained in that, I'm always envious, and I mean this so right. sincerely. I'm envious of the guys when they drive by me in traffic with their name on the side of the truck that says, like, you know, um, Hanson Brothers Plumbing or so-and-so contracting, and I think, you know... I've been fired from like seven radio jobs in my career. And had I just gone on and like founded a plumbing business for Christ's sake, I'd be 20 years into servicing a town where I'm getting referrals and literally the go-to guy for that industry. So our car at the Home Depot Foundation and the Home Depot have invested $50 million in a partnership with the Home Builders Institute. And they're offering a transition program for transitioning service members right now at Fort Stewart, Fort Bragg, and a couple other bases, where as you're in the service still, you can go over and actually get certifications and training on skilled trades, carpentry, uh, electrician, plumbing, roofing, really good trade skills. And you know, and I both know that when many of our service members go home to their hometown, and let's face it, most of us are from small town. <laughs> okay? yeah. I'm from Kirkwood, Missouri, right? <laughs> I, I, if my whole rep is Kirkwood, Missouri, I want to go back to Kirkwood, Missouri. You know what? We're always going to need freaking plumbers. We're always going to need electricians. And, and the CEO, Craig Manier of Home Depot, this is one of the reasons he, he was, he was interested in doing this for service members, was because Home Depot needs skilled tradespeople. One of the, you know, a big part of their business is in, installation. And when you go to Home Depot, the plumbing department, there's a freaking plumber there. And so in, an, in, in, in a business decision, frankly, to drive and support their long-term goals of their business, we need more tradesmen. And you can make really good money doing it, right? These are the what I call hometown good-paying jobs. So I'm not saying everyone should get a four-year degree. My concern, too, was if you looked at Twitter afterwards, I saw so many active-duty military people trying the tool and saying, oh, God, all I've got, all I've got waiting for me is security guard, security manager or security guard. That broke my heart. The idea that a service member is sitting somewhere, say he's sitting in, you know, Syria or whatever, he's in a talk, and he's he types in all of his service. He's got four or five years, maybe 10 years. He types in a simple tool that says, congratulations, your 10 years of service will get you a security guard job. You know, and you're like, and I just want to freaking bang my head on the wall. It's like, Jesus, no, you've got so much more than that. Um, you know, again, Hilton. Hilton's got Hilton, Hilton Hotels has 20,000 jobs for veterans that they need, they want to fill by next year, 20,000 jobs. That's, and that's good jobs, right? So, and many companies do that. BP is hiring, you know, it, it, geez, I could go on for an hour listing all the companies I know that I've worked with over the years that have great jobs that don't give a flip what your MOS was. They want your leadership. They want your experience. They want your talent. They want your ability to learn. The fact that you can learn and are capable of changing is such a key aspect of who we are as service members. So that's, I think, the part that disturbed me the most wasn't so much the ad, but seeing active duty service members use the tool and say, huh, this is all I'm worth. And that, that's, that's a tragedy. That's not appropriate. And so applause, but lack of nuance makes me crazy. Well, I appreciate you building the bridge, kind of crossing that military-civilian divide, helping them understand where we come from, and you, as a business guy, know where they come from. And, and, and together, uh, you make one hell of a great ambassador. Scoutcoms.com is scoutcom.com. 
Scout.com with two M's, USA.com. It's a good read. Flip That's through up. the website if you can. Fred Wellman, always good to have you. And uh, your taste, I've always known you've had a good taste in beer after a couple ball games we watched together. I look forward to seeing you, you soon, man. Likewise. Now, I found our next guest, Dwayne France, in the comment threads on Twitter discussing the Google ad. So, Dwayne France, and I'm a clinical mental health counselor. He's known on Twitter as at the counseling vet. And he's a blogger, he's a podcaster, and an author. He's written books like Combat Vet Don't Mean Crazy. And he has an inspiring podcast called Headspace and Timing, which is not just about the assembly of a rifle, but analogous to many things we do in life. In this short interview, you'll hear from a mental health expert. I think you'll agree, his take on the Google ad was just damn fascinating. This is actually... Uh, a situation where people are not listening to the people that they're trying to help, I guess. You know, and that's a great way to say it. Tell me a little bit about what you thought of that Google ad. So, yeah, I was interested uh, as, you know, maybe not everybody in the world was watching, but as I was watching and I saw the, uh, I saw where it was going at the end. And um, uh, some colleagues of mine and I have had this conversation when this first came out. I, they've, They've actually, I think it's been about a, a maybe six or eight months when it came out. Um, then they ran a full-page paper in the New York Times. Uh, and immediately when it came out, and again yesterday when we saw the video, um, is that, okay, nice, it's a good effort, but uh, in no way does it accurately reflect what veterans um, could possibly do once they leave the military. Uh, not all of us are doing what we did when we were in the military. Not all of us even want to do what we did when we were in the military. Uh, and so it's, uh, in my mind, it's sort of um, continuing the uh, pigeonholing and, uh, and sort of linear path of a lot of service members when they leave the military. You're an expert on this for a couple different reasons. Uh, one, you're an Army veteran. And two, you're a mental health professional. So before we go much further, let me just ask you real quick in a couple bullet points. Tell me about what you did in the Army. Uh, so in, and it actually relates to definitely this conversation. Uh, so I was in logistics in the Army. When I joined back in 92, I, I enlisted in the reserves for about six months, and there were no combat arms jobs in the reserves. And when I went active duty in, in uh, early 93, there really wasn't uh, um, much of uh, any other choices. And so essentially I, I stayed as a truck driver um, for my career. Um, and that changes over time. And I was in for 22 years, uh, but a lot of different choices that I made where I could have changed jobs. Instead, I decided to, you know, jump out of airplanes and go to Germany a couple times. Um, and then by the time, uh, it got to, you know, one Iraq combat tour and then two Afghanistan's, uh, everything was really kind of set. Okay, let's pivot there then. Um, obviously, after a full career in the Army, you did something radically different. And um, I don't want to do it an injustice by saying you're just a mental health counselor, but uh, y you couldn't be farther from where you started. You're now actually helping people transition. You're helping the mental health of veterans. Talk to me about what you do now. You know, I, I appreciate that question. And, and a lot of people think that, but it's not all that drastically different, right? You know, this is an example of where maybe Google gets it wrong is that I'm, I was more than just my job when I was in the military. When I was a platoon sergeant, I, uh, I had the opportunity to be first sergeant for, for nearly a year uh, for a particular unit before my second deployment. Um, and, and that's what leaders in the Army do is, 
you know, maybe in different ways than mental health counselors, but, you know, you make sure your troops are taken care of, you know, Hey Joe, what's going on? We're problem solving. Um, you know, so, uh, a, a chaplain friend of mine, once he found out, you know, that I'd transitioned and I'd become a mental health counselor, he said, well, it makes sense, uh, because, um, that's what leaders do. Um, and I do feel like what I do is an extension of uh, what I did in the military. You know, in, in the army, we have the, uh, the creed and not commission officers and, and that line, uh, or in that, uh, in the creed, there's two lines. Um, the two basic responsibilities would be uppermost in my mind, the accomplishment of my mission and the welfare of my soldiers. Well, now that I'm out, I firmly do believe that my mission is the welfare of those clients that I specifically work with, but then uh, also trying to change the way that we think and talk about mental health in general. Um, and so it's, it, this is an example of where um, the lack of understanding about the nuances of military uh, and leadership um, don't translate just because I was a, uh, an 88 Mike, a truck driver in the Army. So from that perspective, what could Google or what could, frankly, all these major Fortune 500 companies do? Um, what is it that they should be searching for when they reach out to the veteran community? Well, uh, you know, and that's a great question, too. I think um, a, a good friend of mine, David Lee, um, uh, he works for CVS, and CVS has a really, really great way of looking at it, um, that it applies to um, you know, what are you interested in and what are you capable of versus what did you do when you were in the Army? Um, I had zero desire to do anything related to logistics. A lot of my peers get out and they run warehouses or they're dispatchers. You know, I looked it up uh, even this morning. I could drive a bus, apparently, um, you know, according to Google. Um, or, of course, I could be an over-the-road truck driver, uh, shuttle bus driver, delivery warehouse uh, I could do all those things, and in none of those does it say anything else that I'm doing. Um, mental health counselor, um, nonprofit, you know, I have a, 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 an MBA in nonprofit management, so um, the nonprofit sector isn't there, uh, much less the other stuff that I'm doing that you alluded to, you know, in a wider sense of uh, author and um, blogger and podcaster and speaker, you know, and none of those things are encapsulated in what, uh, what, Google or any of these Fortune 500 companies are doing with just skills translator, um, really understanding more about what is the veteran's interest and what are their capabilities. And I think to that, I keep coming back to the thing that maybe there just needed to be another layer. Maybe Google was just a little too simplified in this MOS translator, and they didn't add that layer of what speaks to you as a person, what interests do you have? Um, I think about my own self and how my interests have changed over the years, you know, have from a, a young 20 something to, you know, now a guy on the weekends that's a dad and living in the suburbs. And I find my real passion is nothing to do with what I professionally have done. But yet, had they asked me as a 20 year old man, I may have been a carpenter. I may have gone into the trades because I really feel a joy from that. And maybe without having any sort of filter without asking for further input from the veteran themselves, they are sort of just pigeonholing them. They are sort of just compartmentalizing the people and not really getting to know them as a full person. Therefore, the job listing seems like a database matrix match. Well, certainly. And the other issue is that the, the service member may not be even aware of it themselves, right? You know, um, it, there is a, the military is very good at telling us what to do um, and not very encouraging about helping us figure out why we're doing it. Um, either personally or, or, you know, globally or anything like that. And so 
helping an individual develop awareness around what I want to do, what I feel like I have to do. You know, sure, there's certain needs that we need to meet, you know, keep the the family closed and housed and, and things like that or, or trying to find someone to help create a family with to clothe them and house them. Um, you know, so there's all of these different things, but there's not a lot of development of awareness or really exploration, even on a veteran's part. Um, you know, as, as a uh, mental health professional and uh, career professionals know this, serendipity plays a huge part in uh, career progression. Um, you know, just by happenstance, um, someone I was in a an associates program just because I needed to get my degree, blah, 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 for promotion. Um, but I just happened to be in a place where someone said, if you're interested in mental health, then you should look at a career in the mental health field. Um, and just being in the right place at the right time. Um, and over and over again in career progressions, and anyone who's had a long story career can tell you that a lot of time it just happens to be in the right place in the right time. And so the Google Skills Translator doesn't take into account serendipity. It doesn't take into account um, being open to um, you know, preparing your mind to be open to different opportunities. Because if I'm just going head down, headlong into the job that I did when I was in the military, Sure, my needs will be met, but will I be satisfied? And that's what I see as a mental health professional, that a lot of veterans struggle with purpose and meaning after leaving the military because, yeah, they find a job to do, but it's no longer satisfying to them, at least as is what it was when they were in. Which is another direction I wanted to pivot, and I'm glad you brought that up, because it is the mental health aspect that we don't think about when we think about a job. You know, job seems to be kind of a useful utilitarian function in our life. I do something, I get money, and therefore I can provide. But there's a mental health component of doing something that makes you feel good. And when you get out of an up-tempo, fast-tempo kind of lifestyle, like you maybe were in while deployed with the military, if you don't feel good, there can be some significant mental health repercussions from that. Talk to me a little bit about your work with what you're doing with veterans right now in the mental health space. One, I think I'd like to talk, when, when I talk about mental health or veteran mental health, everybody automatically goes to the idea of, well, PTSD first, right? You know, I've had it, had that experience myself. A colleague, she was a psychologist, asked me how many times in my career had I deployed. Uh, and I have five combat and operational deployments. Um, and, and she was like, well, of course you have PTSD. And, it was, you know, let's not go there because really not all of them were, you know, full combat deployments. Some of them were operational deployments. Um, some of them were no danger at all. Uh, you know, so it, it's not like when we talk about mental health, everybody sort of overlays the idea of mental illness. Um, I'd like people to consider mental wellness. And one of the critical aspects of mental wellness is um, finding both meaning and purpose in our, um, in our post-military lives. Uh, and again, this is another phrase that everybody throws around, meaning and purpose, purpose and meaning. Well, you know, a lot of the, and this really comes from existential psychology, um, purpose is a task to be done, right? You know, a, a job to fulfill, whether I'm washing dishes or digging ditches or, you know, building buildings or whatever, right? That's a, that is a purpose, a task for me to complete. Meaningfulness is something that satisfies me on the inside, right? So I can have something that gives me purpose, a job. Um, you know, in, in, you know, driving trucks, for example, that, that provides the purpose, uh, but it may, may not be meaningful to me because it's not satisfying. On the other side, I can do things that are very meaningful to me, like playing video games 15 hours of the day, but it's not really <laughs> providing a purpose, right? 
so we, we actually have to have this balance in, in both of these things in our lives. And for many of us, we had that in the military. What we were doing was both purposeful and it was meaningful to us. When we get out of the military, we need to understand that, okay, we can do something that gives us purpose, but we also have to find something that, that gives us meaning. It doesn't always have to be in the same thing, right? I could work in a factory nine to five, Monday through Friday, uh, then I can, you know, climb 14ers here in Colorado on the weekends. The factory job gives me purpose and the, the you know, 14ers give me meaning, you know, so you can actually get both of those in your life. And that's really what I, one of the things that I try to help veterans with. And, and most of my clients, um, not all of them have PTSD because PTSD is not a, you know, a, a widely prevalent thing in, in veterans across all the spectrum. But nearly 100% of the veterans that I work with are struggling with how do I find purpose and meaning in my post-military life? Mm, so glad I asked the question. In fact, I'm thinking in my mind of a hundred spin-off directions I want to go. Unfortunately, we can't do it all on this podcast, but I want you to come back because as I was looking at your website, I saw you've authored a couple books that are just so spot on that seem like great reading for that individual that's thinking about where they are in their transition and how to find exactly what you just described, that purpose and that meaning, and 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 find their kind of way in the world. I'm so glad you chose mental health and counseling rather than truck driving because I <laughs> the drive I just went on with you in my mind fulfilled a lot of things and answered a lot of questions, and I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And tell me real quick, where can I read more about you? Where can I see your podcasts? Where can I where can I find out all things that you're doing? Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, um, the the website it's uh, fairly straightforward, VeteranMentalHealth.com. So in addition to my clinical work that I do here in Colorado Springs, uh, I also write and speak about veteran mental health. Um, you know, obviously from from the, my experiential perspective, but also from my clinical perspective. Uh, so VeteranMentalHealth.com is the location. Um, it, it's called the Headspace and Timing blog. Uh, everybody in the military is familiar with the, the 50 cal, how you know you have to set the headspace and timing to let it work accurately. Uh, and, and veterans are the same way. We are not going to be as effective as we can unless we get our headspace and timing set. Um, so the, uh, the podcast is also Headspace and Timing. You can find that on the uh, website. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and a lot of the... Um, uh, the podcast players, wherever you find your podcast, I'm there. And, and if you don't find me there, let me know and I'll get there. You can also find Dwayne France on Twitter at The Counseling Vet. And that'll be a wrap. If there's anything I've learned from this year's Super Bowl season, it's that uh, the discussion of these ads was far more interesting than the game on the field. I'm Phil Briggs, and along with my colleagues at Connecting Vets, we'll be looking for a new batch of stories to bring you on the next episode of the CV Report. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.